Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Pearson and Penelope Avoid Sacrilege. You may not understand that word, but hopefully, by the end of the story, you will. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. After a dearth of winners over the last few weeks, we finally had a winner. Evangeline from Martinez, California was our winner. She sent in the correct answer of when we see Christ. From the story, the twins don't want green beans. Great job, Evangeline. Thanks to everyone else who sent in the correct answer. It's time now to get to this week's story. Pearson and Penelope avoid sacrilege. When Mama Peters beckoned, Pearson and Penelope ran to the kitchen. The day was hot and dry as midsummer was upon them. They'd been playing outside all morning, but as the sun made its ascent, they grew hot and thirsty and brought their play inside. Mama Peters had informed them that the day would be a blistering 107 degrees outside, and they needed to play inside for the rest of the day. That wasn't too bad, since they happily transferred the game of school to the family room, and they would include their toddler twin sisters Priscilla and Patience in the game. Patience and Priscilla were only too happy to have their siblings inside to play with, since Mama Peters had prohibited them from playing in the sweltering heat outside, particularly with their fair skin. So when Mama Peters called Pearson and Penelope into the kitchen not even a half hour later, their curiosity was piqued. They hastened into the kitchen, Wondering why they were being paged. Pearson? Penelope? Mrs. Hicks just called. She asked if you'd like to join them at Evergreen Swim Club for the day. I told her you guys have zero interest in swimming. It's just not hot enough today. Plus, you're engrossed in your game, Mama Peters said, her back turned to them as she chopped carrots. Mama Peters? Swimming? Well, we just gotta go. Not hot enough. It's already roasting outside, and it's going to be 107, like you said. And, and Mama Peters, you know we love to swim. Pearson sounded almost desperate as he tried to convince Mama Peters that they needed to go swimming. Mama Peters turned around, a grin plastered on her face. Oh, Pearson, do you actually believe I would have said no in this heat? I was just funning with you. Phew! I was nearly panicked. So, so can we go? Pearson and Penelope could have hardly contain their excitement and jumped up and down. Of course, go get your suits on and I'll pack our lunch. Mama Peters began pulling out the sandwich fixings from the pantry and refrigerator. And Nellie, would you get the girls dressed in their suits? Yes, yes, yes. It'll be a good time to dress them in their new swimsuits. You know, the one with the colorful flowers. Penelope's voice was drenched with enthusiasm. That'll be great, Penelope, Mama Peters agreed. Everyone needs to wear their rash guards. It will be far better than frying in this heat, Mama Peters directed. Once upstairs, Penelope laid the girls on the floor and began changing them into their swim diapers. They listened eagerly as Penelope told them all about swimming. All the talk about swimming made the twins quite thrilled, so they did exactly as Penelope directed as she pulled on their suits. Their chubby frames puffed out of the swimsuit, and they toddled over and picked up the rash guards that were lying next to them. You gals look so adorable, and what cute rash guards. Penelope adored her twin sisters. 
And you know what else? I love the rainbow colors. Mama Peters keeps saying that we are reclaiming the rainbow because it's a sign of God's promise to never destroy the earth by flood. They're so pretty. And I love the fun picture of Noah's Ark on the front of them. I think it would be fun if I had one to match. Penelope's chatter charmed her little sisters who looked on admiringly. Penelope put on her own swimsuit, which was a colorful tie-dyed one-piece over which she donned a pink rash guard with a flip sequin ice cream cone overlay. Of course, the twins were enthralled with the flip sequins and immediately began brushing them back and forth to see the reverse coloring. Ready to go, the three of them walked downstairs together to where Pearson and Mama Peters were standing, who was painstakingly applying sunscreen to his arms, leg, and face. Pierce, turn around. I want to put it on behind your ears. Mama Peters was liberally applying the sunscreen. Pearson did as he was told, but blurted out, Mama Peters, ow, that stuff is cold. Hey, Pierce, buddy, let's stop the drama, huh? Mama Peters playfully said to her oldest child. She turned her attention to her daughters and slathered sunscreen on the three little ladies and then began to issue commands. Nellie, you get the towel bag and put the sunscreen in it so that we can reapply. Pearson, you grab the cooler. Make sure to put the twins' water bottles in it. Patience and Priscilla, you hold these goggles for everyone. Penelope suspected that Mama Peters didn't really need the twins to hold the goggles, but she also knew that Mama Peters was a firm believer in equal distribution of family labor. Penelope didn't really understand what that phrase meant exactly, but Mama Peters was always saying either that or many hands make light work. Penelope also had no idea what that meant because what kind of work was light work? Was it work done only in the daytime and not night at all? And she also wondered why there were many hands to make light work. What were they supposed to do with the many hands? Lost in thought for a moment or two, Penelope got sidetracked as she observed Patience and Priscilla holding the family goggle bag between them. Oh well, it wouldn't be a mystery she would figure out anytime soon because Mama Peters was ushering her out the front door. And besides, Penelope's preeminent thought was all about swimming right then. Once they arrived at the pool, they saw the hicks waiting for them at the entrance. Yo, Peters fam, over here! Having spotted the Peters family instantly, Todd shouted at them in his usual ebullience. Hey, Todd! Pierce shouted back. Hi, Todd! Penelope called out. Hey, Hicks! So good to see you guys! Mama Peters hugged Mrs. Hicks, who had the twins strapped both on her front and back. It looked quite cumbersome, yet the twins both slept contentedly on her. I'm so glad you all could make it out. It's such a scorcher, isn't it? I've been wading in the water up to the twins' thighs so that they can enjoy it some. Would you check my backside to see if Ruth has her head covered still? It would be awful if she got a sunburn. Little Bear is just lying here so sweetly snuggling me. But little Miss Ruthie, she's much more active. She wants out and she keeps flipping her sun hat off. Mrs. Hicks turned her back so Mama Peters could check on baby Ruth. She's got her hat on and she looks adorable. Would you like me to hold her for a bit? Mama Peters offered, handing the towel bag to Penelope who had to release one of the twins' hands to accommodate it. That would be wonderful, Mama Peters. I sure could use a helping hand right about now. Mrs. Hicks was grateful to give her back a rest, as Mama Peters extracted baby Ruth from her carrier. After everyone's towels were in place, and the provisions for the day put down, it was time to swim. Dude, you gotta try the high dive with me. It's so rockin'. I wanna actually dive instead of jump, but Ma says I'm gonna break my head, Todd explained to Pearson. Yep, that's what I said, Mrs. Hicks responded. 
I know it seems impossible to break such a hard head like Todd has, but we don't have any king's horsemen or any king's men to put your head back together again when it breaks. So no diving, Mrs. Hicks laughed. <laughs> you gotta wonder why it's called a diving board though, right, Ma? Todd cackled. <laughs> well, maybe you'd be content to only be allowed on the lower diving board, huh, Todd? Mrs. Hicks joked back. No, ma'am. No diving for me, Ma. I don't want to break my hard head. Todd cackled again. <laughs> After Mama Peters had secured the twins' floaties, she and Mrs. Hicks walked to the shallow end of the pool, but not before issuing a warning to the older kids to be careful. Todd Pearson and Penelope walked directly to the high dive where they waited in line behind about a dozen other kids. They stood watching as each one jumped from the board and cleared the area beneath to the satisfaction of the lifeguard on duty before the next one followed. As they stood waiting in line, Todd yacked incessantly. Dude, do that! Don't you just love summer? It's such a tubular time. I mean, you can't beat the rays or the vacays. I mean, hey, I'm a poet, and I just didn't know it. There was no end to Todd's poetic quips. Me too, bro. I love it. It's, it's definitely the best time of year, Pearson agreed. Changing the subject, Penelope entered the conversation. Todd, Baby Bear and Ruthie look so adorable. Do you ever have to change their diapers? I sure do. Do that? Get it? Do? Yeah, because Ma has used, she usually has me change Bear's diaper at the same time that she's changing Ruthie's diaper. Todd was talking so fast that some of his words were slurred. He's super cute and so little, but I tell you, his diapers aren't so cute. And they're definitely, they're not little. His doo-doos are ginormous. Ta's description of Bear's poop had Penelope scrunching up her nose, grossed out at the thought of it. Pearson, on the other hand, burst out laughing. <laughs> he wanted to hear more, but he knew he shouldn't encourage potty talk, especially in front of Penelope, who might gag at the very thought of a diaper full of poop. And he was right about Penelope, who shouted, Todd! Oh, I, that's so gross! What? I wasn't going to describe the poop, Todd countered. I was just going to say he fills up a diaper. And how? Oh, Todd, that's that's yuck, though. Well, I wanted to tell you about it because I knew Pearson would want to know. Todd cackled again. <laughs> Todd glanced over at Pearson. Am I right, bro? He high-fived Pearson, who was still chortling. Well, if I were you, Todd... I would stop with the poop talk and climb up the ladder because it's your turn. Penelope pointed to the unoccupied high dive ladder. There was a time when Todd was deathly afraid of heights and jumping into the water, but the Lord had used Daddy Peters to help Todd overcome his fear. With considerable dexterity, Todd climbed the ladder and without hesitation at the top, jumped fast, yelling out, Cannonball! As he grabbed hold of his feet and tucked his chin into his chest, making a huge splash. And Todd, being Todd, was beyond thrilled that his giant splash had wet Pearson and Penelope along with the others standing in line. But no one seemed to mind. In fact, everyone seemed to welcome the splash, which cooled them down a bit in the stifling heat. Pearson was next in line, and it was his turn. He kept his jump simple by putting his hands to his side, and pointing his toes as he pencil-jumped into the water. His jump was surprisingly graceful, and Penelope admired her big brother's jump 
as he resurfaced with a huge smile on his face. From the pool, Pearson called out, It's your turn, Nellie! Penelope hadn't anticipated being nervous, but as the ladder to the diving board seemed to climb higher and higher and higher as she walked out to the edge of the board, she realized she was dizzyingly high. She hesitated and looked down at the water. She noticed that both Todd and Pearson watched her as they held onto the edge of the pool. Come on, Nellie! You've got this! Pearson encouraged his younger sister. Do that! You got this! Jump! Todd chimed in. Penelope stood there frozen, unsure if she really wanted to jump. The empty diving board drew the attention of the lifeguard, who gave a short blow on her whistle. <whistles> Miss, if you're not going to jump, please walk back and climb down the ladder. We gotta keep the line moving. Penelope was embarrassed that the lifeguard had called her out, and she also noted that the lifeguard's tone seemed impatient with her. As she looked down from the diving board and across the pool, she saw Mama Peters and Mrs. Hicks in the shallow end who were yelling, Come on, Nellie! You can do this! And other shouts of encouragement. She noticed her twin sister's patience and Priscilla watching her too. So Penelope quietly determined that she wanted to be a good example of trusting the Lord, even in the small things. She thought of the verse, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. And so with a quick prayer, she jumped! Nanoseconds later, she hit the water and immediately wanted to do it again. It was so fun! After several more high dives, Pearson, Penelope, and Todd made their way over to Patience and Priscilla to play with them. They gently splashed the twins and helped them swim in their floaties back and forth to Mama Peters and Mrs. Hicks. Babies Ruthie and Bear were sound asleep with their thighs and feet resting in the water. Mrs. Hicks was wading deep enough in order to keep the twins cool. After several more minutes of playing with the twins, Pearson, Todd, and Penelope swam to the deep end of the pool. While sitting on the steps, trying to figure out what to do next, Pearson grabbed Penelope and announced, I'm going to baptize you, Pen. Oh, fun! Okay! Penelope stood next to Pearson, crossing her arms over her chest, striking the baptism pose she'd seen countless times at baptisms at church. Penelope Peters, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Pearson announced and dunked Penelope, who emerged laughing. (laughs) Hey, bro, it's my turn. Todd crossed his arms over his chest and assumed the baptism pose, just like Penelope had done. Pearson began, Todd Hicks, and then pronounced the same words he had spoken over Penelope. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He proceeded to dunk Todd in the pool just as he had done with Penelope. Todd emerged. He was laughing as well. (laughs) That's fun! It was Penelope's turn again, but just as she readied herself to be baptized again, Pearson realized that Mama Peters was looking at him from the shallow end and gesturing to him and the others to come over to where she and Mrs. Hicks were. They all did quickly as they were told, and in no time they were standing in front of Mrs. Hicks and Mama Peters, who looked askance at them. Kids, what are you doing? What's the game you're playing? Mama Peters asked calmly. We're playing baptism, Mama Peters, Penelope answered enthusiastically. I thought that's what you were playing. And what were you saying, Pearson? Well, we were saying what, what Pastor Felsdow always says at the, uh, at the baptisms, you know, the stuff about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Pearson answered, not sure why they were being questioned. Hmm. Well, I know none of you were making fun of baptism. 
Mama Peters began, to which Pearson, Penelope, and Todd nodded emphatically. But Mama Peters wasn't finished. Part of me really appreciates how much you seem to have paid attention to the rite of baptism so that you know the words that our church uses in baptism. But I don't want you to play it anymore. And the reason for that is because I know you didn't mean to mock, but it can sound like that when you're making light of a sacrament that the Lord has commanded of all his people. Baptism is an extremely serious step of obedience to God after becoming a Christian believer. Baptism doesn't save you, but it demonstrates your obedience to Christ. It's a symbol or a sign to those watching that this public act of being immersed in the water, you're proclaiming that you're in Christ and that you believe he died, was buried, and rose again. Remember, the Bible is clear in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So it has nothing to do with baptism. It's like the old hymn goes, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. I know that you were just playing a game and that you weren't mocking and that you meant nothing by it. But I do want you to remember that we shouldn't take these things lightly because God doesn't. We must not, even if unintended, laugh at the things that are holy. Remember the story of Elisha and the boys who made fun of him? Second Kings 2 gives the account of the prophet Elisha who was walking along and a bunch of children began to mock him as a man of God. They teased him about his bald head. Their mockery manifested disrespect for someone who had been commissioned by God to deliver his messages to Israel. And God appointed two mama bears to kill 42 children who were mocking him. The Bible says God will not be mocked. It's a very serious thing. So even though you're merely just being kids and playing a baptism game in a sweet way, we need to be careful that we're not sacrilegious, which means not giving the proper respect to something that's sacred and holy. And baptism is sacred and holy. So we don't want to give even the appearance of mocking or of making fun. Does that make sense? Mama Peters queried. I do understand. Pearson spoke for all of them though everyone else nodded, including Patience and Priscilla, who didn't really understand, but were mimicking the older kids. I won't play that game again, because I wouldn't want God to think I'm making fun. Well, God knows your heart, bud, and he sees all. So you don't have to be afraid that God will think you're doing something you're not doing. But you never want to give the impression to others that you're making fun. And you sure don't want to trivialize or be overly casual about the things of God. I understand, Mama Peters. Pearson's attitude was one of being teachable. I understand it too, Mama Peters. I, I don't want to ever make fun of God. I, I mean, I love him and, and, and I don't want anybody else to get, get the idea that baptism is just a silly game. So I, 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 I get it too, Penelope added hastily. It was then that Todd cut into the conversation with his two cents. Well, hey, I'm just glad that the two Mama Bears, and I'm talking about the human ones, Ma and Mama Peters, who talked to us, didn't actually tear us apart like the mama bears in the Bible. Am I right, dude? Dude, am I right? Todd held up his open palm, indicating that he wanted a high five from Pearson and Penelope, who obliged. <coughs> After the high fives, Todd quickly walked over to the diving board and scampered up the ladder as the others resumed playing and swimming, so glad and thankful that they could enjoy the coolness of the pool on a red hot summer day. This is Grandmom's Corner. Years ago, when my kids were younger, 
we would allow them to partake in communion, which is another sacrament, which is another word for practice, instituted by God for His people. My kids could only take communion if they knew Jesus and if they understood the meaning. It so happened that on one Sunday, as we were taking communion, I heard a bit of a ruckus in the row behind me where two of my sons sat. My sweet husband and I turned around to find out what the commotion was all about and noticed our two sons drinking the grape juice from the small communion cups and acting as though they were drinking something stronger. They burped and hit their chest pretending that they were drinking something other than grape juice. Well, my husband and I were none too happy with their actions and gave them the stink eye. That's what we call it anyway. In your house, you may call it something else, but you've probably seen that look from either your mom or your dad or both of them at one time or another. Immediately, my son ceased fooling around and became very serious. They knew they would have to answer for their actions after church. After the service, my sons got an earful and they were sorry for their actions. They meant nothing by their actions. Kids frequently fool around without giving it any thought, and so do adults for that matter. But communion wasn't the time to fool around. Whether your church uses wine or grape juice, it is a symbol of Jesus' blood that He shed for sinners who believe and trust in Him for eternal life. Proverbs 3.34 gives us a good reminder of how God treats those who are scornful or who sneer and make fun of sin and make fun of God. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. We see two opposites, someone who scorns and mocks God, and God will mock them and scorn them. But to the humble, those who admit their sin and their need for God, he will show blessing and favor to them. Psalm 1-1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. To scoff is to make fun of or mock. And the world is full of scoffers, those who laugh at God and find pleasure in sin. So don't be a mocker. Don't be a scorner. Don't scoff. There is nothing funny about sin. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.